Good morning, Rock Church. Good to see everybody, and God bless you. I want to say uh, welcome to all of our locations. Say hello to San Marcos, El Cajon, City Heights, Chula Vista, uh, Oahu, everybody joining us online, doing church anywhere, and right here in the building. Come on, clap your hands, church. Welcome your friends, your family, our first-time guests. Met, met a few people from Alabama today um, on a soccer trip. Uh, here in the building today, so I met a few different people from out of town. Glad you're here. Uh, we are, um, first of all, are you excited to be in church today? I'm excited to be in church. I hope you are. Um, uh, but, but today, as I said, we're, we've been in uh, three weeks of the Holy Spirit. And here's how we got here, because we did a, a survey of our church. And, and thank you for those that participated. We had uh, really almost 5,000 people uh, respond to this survey, and the questions are pretty simple, but the, the big one was, what do you wish that we would teach from the Bible? What topics do you wanna hear about? And, and we started with the Holy Spirit, that was one of them, and you, you said, well, what about forgiveness? And so we're gonna hit that in a couple of weeks. You, you talked about signs and wonders, end times, but the number one by far, everybody say by far. By far, by far response for, for uh, high school students, young adults, um, um, married folks, middle age, and, and we call them classic adults, all right? The whole room, overwhelmingly, 55% of you said anxiety and depression. Anxiety and depression. I mean, just, it wasn't, we, we tried to like kind of work the numbers. Maybe we did it wrong. Or maybe it was the age group. Or let's just see this group that lives in, in downtown. Maybe it's because, you know, it's just, it's just more funky downtown. I don't know. No offense, that's where you live. We said, well, what is it? said, no, no, no. It's just wherever we're at, Whatever poll we take, whatever group we ask, whatever age and demographic, it was the same. 55% of you said anxiety and depression is the thing that I wanna hear about. And so I looked at the stats and, and I think it becomes obvious when you start looking at what's been happening over the last two, three years in the statistics. And it says that divorce filings are up 25% on top of what, all the other divorces. More reason to go to the marriage getaway. Uh, antidepressant meds, watch this, up 300% up 300% in the last two to three years. The mental health hotline, that's the number that people call if they don't know what to do, it's just 1-800, I need help, and that's not the number, but just, you know, people are trying to reach out. It, it went up 900%, 900%. People calling, call, I need help, what do I do? What's going on? I can't make sense of my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts, what I'm going through. Uh, the CDC said that one out of every five students, I'm looking for them, thought about seriously committing suicide in the last two or three years. And it's one out of 10 for all other adults have seriously, not just like, oh, I had a thought, but seriously thought about taking their life. And so you might be stressed about a relationship, a breakup, a marital tension, your financial situation, loss of a business, maybe a loss of a loved one. I saw this weekend people were putting it on Instagram, just, hey, pray for me. Lost a loved one, I'm just dealing with this pain. I don't know what to do with it, this deep sadness. Maybe worried about your future. Students, you just graduated. San Marcos, El Cajon, and Oahu. We got some graduates and you're thinking about, man, what am I gonna do? I, got, I feel like the world is just asking me, what are you gonna do when you grow up? And now here I am, all grown up. And I don't know what to do, but I gotta go pay for things and be an adult and make adult decisions. And maybe it's just that mom life, trying to raise kids. Moms, don't raise your hands, but God bless you. Oh my goodness. Dad life. Just trying to be a great parent. All of that is stressful. It could, maybe just the economy. Anybody? 
Just the economy, you just see what's happening in the world. You see how much is just a, a, just a loaf of bread. Come on, somebody, a loaf of bread. <laughs> just making life decisions at the grocery store. Like, well, we just, you know what I mean? We're just gonna, we're just gonna eat sandwiches with no cheese this week, you know, because it's, it's just it's how it is. Overwhelmed, man, by culture, everything we see. And so I'm just gonna assume that these next three weeks are for everybody. Everybody say, everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And so can, can we all stand together? I'm gonna read God's word. Do something different because this, this is one of those topics that just needs a little more attention. All of our locations, City Heights, San Marcos, if you're watching this at a later time or you're not driving and you can get in your living room and stand up with us, there was a man named Paul who was beaten, bruised, shipwrecked, whipped. His, his life was attempted to, to be taken over and over and over. And in this passage, I'm gonna read quickly, he's sitting in a prison and his circumstances look like he is worried, anxious, depressed, should be hopeless, ready to quit on life. But instead, while sitting there, chained and shackled, he writes these words. This is Philippians four, verse four through seven. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, my emotions, and your minds, my thoughts, in Christ Jesus. And so Heavenly Father, that's our prayer today. Would we be anxious for nothing in Jesus' name? Would you give us peace, Lord, today as we unpack over the next several weeks this topic of anxiety and depression, which seems like it's an overwhelming mountain, but God, we know that you are the God of the valley and you are the God of the mountaintop. There's nothing that can get in the way of your love for us and your peace that you have for us. So bless our day, bless our time. Holy Spirit, speak to us. In Jesus' name, someone shout a good amen. Amen, Amen. come on, high five two people next to you. High five two people, grab a seat. High five two people, grab a seat. I got more notes than I got time. Uh, I, I shared recently that my wife and I had some, some car problems because she got in a car accident, it wasn't her fault. We got the car back, it took like two to three months, it was crazy. Right when we got the car back, when did you know it? The, the check engine light went on in my car. Right, come on now, right? We just got it back, feeling good, put some gas in the car. No, check engine light comes on in my car. And, and, and how many know when the check engine light comes on, it's like a... <gasps> You know, it's time to sell it. I knew I should have sold it last month. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the check engine light comes on, and, and it wasn't just the check engine light. It was like, then it was, but it was, it was simple, but it felt terrible. Like, add coolant. Coolant, Lord? The air, t- the pressure in the tires are low. I had like four lights on at the same time for like two weeks, just, just stressing me out. And I thought, you know what, okay. And, and, but but, but the, the, the check engine light, you just take it in. You take it in, but, but your, my initial reaction is like, Lord, you, you know, I need to get rid of this thing. It, it's, it's, but it's not a final decision. The check engine light isn't, a, isn't an ultimate final decision. It's done. It's worthless. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hoopty. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, I don't know what we call them anymore, but like, right, this, thing is, this thing is done. No, no, no. It, it just, it's a signal something's off. That's what the check engine light. You with me so far? It's a signal something's off. You gotta check, get, get it in to get a checkup. It needs some work. Take it back to the manufacturer. They made it. The manufacturer made it. They created it. 
They designed it. They they, they crafted it. And the the one who created it is able to put it back together. Come on. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. (laughs) Anxious and depressed are not my label, my name, or my identity. They're a signal that something is off. Anxious and depressed are not my label. But I know some have been walking around like it is. I'm just out here like Eeyore. You know what I mean? Just like, hey. <laughs> out here that press life. Struggle bus out here just dying. You know what I mean? Anxiety, depressed are not my label, my name, my identity. They're a signal something is off. And I wanna show you from the Bible how this topic played out through the story of a man named Elijah. And Elijah loved God with all his heart, like many of you. Uh, he was an Old Testament prophet. He was like the prophet of the prophets. Maybe the most significant prophet in all the Bible. And he was famous for confronting a man named King Ahab. And Elijah prophesied a great drought and Ahab's all upset and he sends a great army after Elijah. So for three years, he's on the run all the while. God provides and protects him every step of the way. One, one time, Elijah calls, calls down fire from heaven and, and, and defeats 850 false prophets. Can you imagine that? Like calling down fire from heaven. I broke up a fight one time at Popeye's. I was, it's real. It was like during the pandemic and everything was crazy and people were like serious about their drive-through business and, and, and this guy came in and they messed up the sauce or the biscuits. Don't mess with the biscuits. Those are good biscuits. Come on, El Cajon, don't mess with the biscuits. And, and, and I'm inside and the guy, the guy is like yelling through the thing and, and he, he jumped through the window. I'm a serious. I'm ser- and the manager came around. I was like, hey, 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 hey. That's all I did. But I was like, I'm a bad dude right now. I'm a bad dude. Like, sacrifice myself, my body for this, you know, for, for other people, right? He who lays his life down. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> this dude, he calls fire from heaven. He's the guy. He calls down fire from heaven. But, but the queen to King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, she sends him a message. She hears about it and threatens to kill Elijah. And even though Elijah has seen God's power provide, deliver, he makes a few mistakes, maybe mistakes like you and I make, that overwhelm him to the point of anxiety and depression, even wanting to end his life. This is out of 1 Kings chapter 19. You've got your Bible with you in the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'm gonna read verses one through five and then we'll go through it a little bit. 1 Kings 19, one through five. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. That, that modern times, she, she hit him up on, on the DMs and sent him a little IG message to mess with him. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Elijah said, I have had enough, Lord. Anybody said that recently? 
I've had enough, Lord. I've had enough of the stress. I was sitting down with Pastor Miles in his office a few weeks ago and I was having some, some, some chest pain. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a positive guy. I'm mostly encouraged. I'm usually not overwhelmed and stressed out. I tend to just be like this. I sleep great. But a couple of weeks ago, I just felt this chest pain and, and, and we're sitting there and I'm like, ah, I've got some chest pain and we we're talking through it. I said, I think I got too much going on. I got, I'm busy. I got a lot on my plate, multiple things. I'm trying to be in 10 places at one time and, and my own desire and my own expectations to be a great leader, to be a great pastor, to, to be a great communicator, to be a, a great father, a great husband, just to be a, a faithful follower of, of Jesus and I was literally feeling it physically in, in my chest and, and I had to, I, I stopped working out for a few days and I was like, I'm not gonna do, no, no caffeine and I need to, I'm, I'm going to bed a little bit earlier and I, I made some changes because I was, I was feeling it. And, and here's a life lesson. Just because you're a Christian and just because you're in church and just because I'm a pastor, it doesn't mean that you won't suffer. It doesn't mean that you won't have pain. In fact, Jesus told us in John 16, 33, in this life, you will have trouble. He just said it like, no, no, lean in. Y'all gonna get jacked up. <laughs> you, you're gonna have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. But I said what Elijah said. I said, Lord, I had an, I've had enough. I don't wanna feel like this. That, that chest pain that I was feeling in Oahu, that, that, that anxiousness and that depression that you've been dealing with, it doesn't have to be your identity, but pay attention because it is a signal. Something's off. Something was off with Elijah but a lot of it was his own doing. And so I wanna give you uh, this week five things that we do that lead to anxiety and depression. Come back next week, I'm gonna give you five things that we can do that lead us out of anxiety and depression. Week three, come back and we have a conversation with a counselor and talk about the five questions that everyone's asking about anxiety and depression. Today I'm gonna give you five things that we do that lead to anxiety and depression. Here's number one. We run ourselves into the ground. Straight from the story of 1 Kings 19. We run ourselves into the ground. 1 Kings 19.3, Elijah was afraid. And what did he do? He ran for his life. He ran for his life when he came to Beersheba. Now, I just want to pause there because what's significant is geography tells us that's 120 miles. I'll do the math. That's five marathons. Anybody ever, ever run a marathon before? Yeah. Did you get paid to do it? Because why, why else would you do it? You're sponsored? You know what I mean? Weekend warrior out here just running. <laughs> I ran a 5K one time. Hold the applause. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> so that... <laughs> that was when I, I was, you know what I mean? Hey, 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 hey. Watch out, watch out, watch out. You know what I mean? Man, I was uh, in college and I was with my, the, my roommate at the time and he's like, hey, there's this 5K, like turkey trot thing. Like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And, and you know what I mean? I'm not, I've never been a big runner. Vanessa's a big runner. She loves running and I'll just sit there like, go babe, yeah, go. <laughs> but I did this 5K this one time and so we're lined up and, and I'm just in kind of whatever gym clothes and, and they're out here with their you know, neon everything and headbands and... <laughs> little belts for stuff. And I'm like, bro, it's not that serious. But we sat here and they, they took off and I was like, oh, we're going. So I was just trying to keep up. 
Okay, I think I'm like, I'm pretty athletic. I'm gonna keep up for a little bit. But I took off and, and their like, like pace speed was my full sprint. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I was just getting after it. I started off so fast, I couldn't even slow down. I just had to pull off. Look at the, <laughs> the cramp, you know what I mean? The cramp, <laughs> you go, you go, you go. You go. And I was looking for the, for the people with little cups, little Dixie, Dixie cups. Like, where are they at? You're supposed to be here and save my life. Turns out they don't do that in 5Ks because that's like three laps. They, they do that for marathons. There's no pace car in front of us. I was running at a pace I couldn't sustain. I couldn't even slow down. But if you're honest, many of you are running at a pace that you cannot sustain. And it's getting to the point where it's too, too late to slow down. You've just been going and going and going and going. Too many, too, too many days working, too many weekends out drinking, too much spending money you don't have. You, you, your, your bank account is running and running and running. Too many nights without sleep. Too many days hustling. All the type A people that are trying to get success. Rick Ross uh, wrote, wrote the great theologian. Rick Ross wrote a, wrote a song called Hustling. <laughs> hustling, hustling, hustling. Every day I'm, every day, every day I'm hustling. I'm like, every day, Rick Ross? Every day we gotta hustle? Can we get a break on Thursday? When you're overwhelmed with anxiety and depression, you don't run the hustle and grind like Elijah did and run yourself into the ground. Instead, you gotta walk the pace of grace. You can't run the hustle and grind. You have to walk the pace of grace. I love Ecclesiastes 4, 6. It says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. That's the first thing that leads to anxiety. We just run ourselves in the ground. Here's the second thing. We isolate ourselves from community. We isolate ourselves from community. And you're already thinking about the people that you stop calling you're already thinking about the people that have called you and, and, and you just kind of, you know, Heisman them. You blocked them. Tired of them saying and praying for you. They've been reaching out. You've just been kind of, this is your first time back to church in a long time. People have been inviting you, inviting you, just kind of lone ranger. Second part of verse three tells us that Elijah left his servant. First Kings 19, three. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, after he'd been running, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So he removes his trusted friend from his life. And right before he goes into the wilderness, um, I, I was watching a 30 for 30 a while back and it was a story about a Hall of Fame boxer. And this Hall of Fame boxer was encouraging younger fighters on the, the, the fight week, like the fight camp lead, leading up to the, the fight. And he was telling this, this younger fighter who was overwhelmed and just anxious, he's trying to cut weight and trying to make sure he's there and, and doesn't know, did I, did I do everything? And do I got everything I, that, it, that it takes to, to go win in this fight? And this Hall of Fame fighter was encouraging this young fighter, don't let anybody take away your, your entourage this week. You, you gotta hang on to the fight camp. Everywhere you go, take the fight camp with you. The coach, the sparring partners, your family, Take, take, take the hype man, you know the hype man. Yeah, you go, like you gonna win. Take the hype man, take two. Take the fight camp everywhere you go. You gonna go eat, bring the fight camp. You gonna go rest in the hotel before weigh-in, bring the fight camp entourage. Everywhere you go, bring 
the camp with you. Don't go anywhere without them the week of the fight because it's when you're alone that the mind goes dark. It's when you're isolated that the thoughts begin to get scary. It's when you're away from your community. By the way, our mission here at the church is to help everybody know God, grow in community, and make a difference. A lot of you know God. A lot of you are making a difference, but you have stepped away from community. You've done this, I don't, I, I'm good. I've been doing this long enough, I'm good. But when you get away from your community, it's when the mind goes dark, but, but you, you know that in this world, every week's fight week. Every, every week is a spiritual battle. Every day is a spiritual fight. Everything you see on the news, it looks like a spiritual battle, a spiritual fight. You can't afford to go about life without your entourage. And, and some people go, well, I don't wanna be a burden. You're not a burden. You're not a burden to God. And you're not a burden to God's people. You're not. He, he has put people in your life to be a spiritual entourage in fight week. That's why we, we uh, once a month have life class. If you haven't been to life class, go to life class. You can sign up for a team. City Heights, you can sign up for, for serving on, on one of our Sunday ministries. You can join a group. It's just, we want you to get in community. We want you to hang on. We want you to be a part of something beautiful that God has created for you. There's, there, there's so many things that lead to anxiety, depression. One of them is that we run ourselves into the ground. The second thing we do is we isolate ourselves from community. But don't leave your spiritual fight camp, your community. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, I'm here to help. Tell them, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Here's the third thing. The third thing, we focus on the negative. This is for somebody. Some of you came for just this right here. This is your point. We focus on the negative. Come on, raise your hand if you're the optimist in the room. In San Marcos. Oahu, optimist. Okay, here we go. Okay, raise your hand if you're the pessimist. Mm -hmm. You need want to participate. Look at you. <laughs> He's probably not going to call me anyways. You know what I mean? Just put my hand down. He can't see me from over there. We need each other. Verse four. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Had enough of what? Elijah, I mean, you're God's guy. You just called down fire from heaven. You just defeated 850 false prophets of Baal. Had enough of what? But by the way, there's only, there's two guys in the Bible that don't die, Enoch and Elijah. I mean, had enough of what? You see how quickly he, he went downhill. He, oh, my life is so hard. My life is so hard right now, God. Don't you see me? My eyebrows are too thin. It's so hard right now, Lord. Nobody loves me. I hate my job. I prayed for it, but now I hate it. I can't take it. Take my life, God. I don't want to live anymore. Elijah struggles with a lot of what we struggle with. It's the inability to process pain correctly. Ooh, ooh. Like that hit somebody, bam. It's the inability. You struggle with the inability to process the pain, to process the tension. The process, the, 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 the struggle of what God is doing. I'm really um, intrigued with the cold plunge. Yeah, cold plunge. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, I've never done it. <laughs> but I'm really, oh my God, I just, you know, I see people doing it and, and um, it's ice bath basically or cold plunge. And a lot of people struggle in the cold plunge and they get out too quick. It's like, ah, it's too cold. 
It's too cold, it's freezing, and all you feel is the pain. All you feel, again, this is what I've seen, heard about. But what I've noticed is that if people focus not on the pain, but instead the benefits, they seem to, to manage things better. Focus on the fact that, oh, this is healing my muscles, this is, you know, inflammation's going down, my, my blood, my blood's gonna start to flow better, I can sleep better. They seem to endure the stress a little bit better. Why? Because they've refocused their thoughts. They've taken their mind off of the negative and put it on the positive. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. If there's, oh, I'm just, uh, but you don't understand, it's life, so I get it. But maybe you can just take hold of your thoughts and do what God's word says and focus on whatever is noble and true and right and pure and lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's power in taking control of your, your focus because the anxious thoughts, the depressive thoughts, they're not your label. But if you go negative every time, you'll, you'll begin to hold it as a label. It'll become an identity. If, 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 if you're a young, young person, you start to believe all the things that everybody in your friend group is telling you about yourself, you'll never, you aren't, you've always been, you're always never, always never, you're just a, you start to wear that as an identity because it's, it, it's a trap, it leads to anxiety and depression and sometimes even worse. And now you're thinking about, maybe I should just end my life. It's a trap. Think about what's pure, think about what's excellent. You need some positive praise in your spirit. Start reframing your, your words and start saying stuff like, you know what, I think I'm gonna get out of this. I, th I, think, I think God's on my side. I think I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You start to change the words and change the thoughts. You start to get a, get a, a, a positive praise in your spirit. You, you start to give God praise for what he's doing. You're like, you know what? I am blessed. I am favored. I am chosen. I am a son of the most high God. I am a daughter of the king. I, I have been forgiven. I, I, I am, am blood-bought by Jesus Christ. I, I'm saved, forgiven, chosen, anointed. Come on, clap your hands by faith. If you believe that God's coming for you, he's on your side by faith. I'm changing those thoughts. So we can't run ourselves into the ground. We can't isolate from the community. We wanna change our, our focus because we're always focused on the negative. And here's number four, we compare ourselves to others. Oh man, this may, this, this may be, and especially for our students, but it's really for everybody. We compare ourselves to others. Look what happened in 1 Kings 19, verse four. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. What's, he, what, what's his mistake? He compares himself to the people that came before him. And let's not act like this is so strange that Elijah does this because you do it. You, 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 the grass is greener type of thing and you're looking over your neighbor's fence and what do they got? On, on, on TikTok and on IG and just like... What, what, how much did he lift? What's she look like? She's always out, always out. Her and Bobby bottle, bottle service, always hanging out. They always take better date nights than you and I do. They always got better 
more extravagant vacations. Kids are always on the all-star team. Ours didn't make all-star team. Start comparing yourself. That thinking will drive you mad. Why? Well, Theodore Roosevelt said it perfectly. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. You've heard that. I think comparison is the death of joy because comparison kills contentment. Comparison will kill your chance at having peace. When you live with a grass is greener on the other side mentality, I wrote this down, nobody takes your joy, you just willingly surrender it. Nobody took it, you just gave it to them. Just take my joy, I'd rather be sad. Take my joy, I've been looking at your Instagram story this whole day, I'm just more sad, more depressed the longer I look at it. Just take my joy. You exchange it for your peace, you exchange it for anxiousness, and for some it turns into a deep sadness called depression, but here's the good news. God plus nothing is all that I need. God plus nothing is all that I need and God plus all that I have is more than enough. It's given you all that you need. Here's the fifth thing. It's my last point. We're gonna end our time together. I wanna show you something. But here's number five. Five things that lead to anxiety and depression. We run ourselves into the ground. We isolate ourselves from community. We focus always on the negative. We compare ourselves to others. And number five, we forget about God. We forget about God. And this is what happened to Elijah. He forgot about God. And and this isn't unusual for people living in San Diego in the month of June in 2023. Because look up here. There are people day by day falling away from their faith. And maybe today was your last resort. I'm gonna go one more time. I gotta hear from God. I'm gonna go one more time. People are so confused. They're confused about who they are, their sexuality, confused about their identity, confused about their, their thoughts, confused about their purpose, confused about their God. That's not unusual for us, but for Elijah, this would have been unusual. He spent his entire life seeing God move and experiencing the hand of God and his favor on his life. Provision, faithfulness, power on full display. But Elijah did what a lot of us do. He faced his problems while forgetting his God. He faced what was in front of him while forgetting who was right there with him. What's crazy is that it was in his name, Elijah, Elijah, put that name up there. I gave him a few seconds. You remember, remember clap on, clap on. That's how old I am. Clap on, it's in the name, Elijah. Elijah, L-I-J-A-L-I-J-A. The Lord, I, my, je, God. It was in his name. But he forgets, just like you and I, about God. He's running, he's running, he's running. Leaves his servant, isolates from others, his community. Oh, Lord, it's just overwhelming. Take my life, it's too much. Always on the negative. Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Comparing yourself to others. And he's sitting there and he forgot. It's in his name. Elijah, L-I-J-A, 
the Lord is my God. How did he forget? If you ask a lot of people who are in a deep depression, I've asked several people in moments where I've struggled, how would you describe what it is you're feeling? Help me navigate through the things that I'm feeling. And maybe the best description I've heard that would help you is someone said, it feels like I'm drowning. It feels like I'm just, I just can't, I just can't get out of what I'm in. I almost drowned once. Uh, when I was in high school, I was surfing in, in Carmel, California, in nor- Northern California. On Thanksgiving morning, a buddy of mine were, were surfing and the waves were too big for our skill set. Let's just put it that way. And a set wave came and waves come in sets of waves. So the smaller one gets bigger and bigger and then there's the set wave on the outside and usually someone yells outside and everybody paddles out and there's the biggest wave. And the biggest wave came, so we thought, and just wiped us all out. I mean, everybody, the whole lineup, everybody just, just mowed us all over. It was too far. Bam, crushed us. And we're going down the water, filling the leash of my board, wrap, wrapping around a rock. And I was stuck to the bottom of this, the water. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I, I can't get up. I can't get up. I can't get up. Eventually, I pulled my leash off and I got up to the top as fast as I could. The moment I went, Another wave came, bam, and hit me. Put me right back down to that same rock. We just got mowed over and mowed over and mowed over and mowed over. I literally thought, I'm drowning, this is it. I'm 17. I've never been married, God. That would've been cool had I gotten married first before I drowned. What I needed was, was some air. I, I told this story before and, and I, I bought a, a scuba tank off Amazon. And some of you may remember that. And I was showing my kids and my kids were trying to use it and they go, dad, it's broke, it doesn't work. I said, well, it doesn't work because Amazon doesn't put air in it when they deliver it. So they were trying it, just, it doesn't work, dad, doesn't work. And making all kinds of funny noises. But, but can I just tell you that trying to deal through and with and facing anxiety and depression while forgetting about God It's like trying to suck air out of a tank that has nothing in it. You just feel like you're drowning. Nothing's helping, nothing's working. Nothing's working. I needed something with air. Even if I was at the bottom of that water, even if, if all of life was coming at me, if I had the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, Numa, the wind in my sails, I could breathe. Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7, the first verse we read earlier today says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. He's my breath. Holy Spirit is here. Jesus loves me. God is in the room. Don't be anxious about anything. When the Lord...